God has called Pastor Ben, there he is, and his wife Holly and Cecilia and Rosie to move back to the U.S., where God has opened up a wonderful position for Ben, leading a church in California. So we are excited about what God's opened up for them, but we are going to miss them deeply, deeply, deeply. But as I mentioned, God's called our own Anish to be the director of worship and task force teams, and we are thrilled about that. So here's how the schedule's going to work. Holly and the girls are leaving this coming Friday on the 19th, right? And then Ben's going to be here through the 31st, but this is the last weekend for Holly and the girls to be here. So we wanted to take tonight, make it into a special time of thanking God for them and praying for them. And to do that, I'm going to teach from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through verse 5, on how and why do we thank God for our fellow believers? How do we do that? And why do we do that? And Paul answers that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Now, here's some background while you're turning to 1 Thessalonians. In AD 49, Paul and Silvanus were sent out from their home church in Antioch to go on Paul's second missionary journey. And so they were sent out, traveled through, did some preaching, and then they came to Thessalonica where they'd never been before and where the gospel had never been preached. And as was Paul's custom, he went into the Jewish synagogue there where because he was obviously a a religious leader in in Judaism before he was saved, they asked him to, to bring a word, to teach. And oh, did he teach. He opened up the scriptures the Old Testament scriptures, and showed prophecy after prophecy, revealing that the Messiah was going to suffer and then rise again. And he talked about how this is fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus is the Messiah foretold throughout the Old Testament, whose death pays for the sins of everyone who will trust him. And that when we trust Jesus, our sins are all forgiven, and we are reconciled to God and Forever, starting now and forever, we have the joy of knowing God, loving God, being in the very presence of God. Forever. So Paul taught and preached, and God moved with great power. Saturday after Saturday in the synagogue, many Jewish people came to faith in Christ. Many Greek seekers came to faith in Christ. And some of the most prominent women in Thessalonica came to faith in Christ. But the rest of the Jews became very angry. And they formed a crowd and went and attacked the house that they thought Paul and Silvanus were staying at. They weren't there. But so the rest of the believers said, Paul and Silvanus, you need to leave for your safety. And so they sent Paul and Silvanus away. They went, traveled to Athens where they kept preaching. Then Paul sent Timothy from Athens back to Thessalonica to find out how are the believers there doing and to strengthen and encourage them in their faith. And Timothy was there for a while, and then he came back to Athens and said, Paul, oh, you should see their faith. You should see their love for each other and for the lost. You should see their steadfastness of hope in Jesus Christ. Paul, it's a beautiful work that God has done. And so Paul wrote 1 Thessalonians in AD 50 to these new believers in Thessalonica, and let's look at what he said. In verses 1 through the first half of verse 5. Verse 1. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. 
to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, beloved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. So let's unpack this passage. We'll start with this first question. How did Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy thank God for other believers? How did they do that? And the answer is right there in verses 2 and 3. Let's read those verses again and notice how they thanked God for other believers. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me summarize it like this. Here's how they did it. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy constantly thanked God for the faith, love, the hope of the Thessalonian believers. They constantly thanked God for their faith, their love, and their hope. And what I want you to notice about this is that they went into specifics when they thanked God. It wasn't just, God, thank you for the Thessalonian believers, but it was specifics. They thanked God for their work of faith. They they might have prayed, Father, thank you for the Thessalonians' work of faith, which might have included, Father, thank you for their bold sharing of the gospel. Thank you for their devotion to prayer for their city. Thank you that they counted Christ as worth losing everything. Oh, Father, thank you for their work of faith. And Father, thank you for their labor of love. That that might have included, Father, thank you that they meet together even at the risk of persecution. Thank you for the way that they care for each other and serve each other. And for how they regularly strengthen each other's faith in Christ. So they thanked God for their labor of love. They also thanked God for their steadfastness of hope in Jesus Christ. That might have included, Father, thank you for their joy in Christ and all that you've promised to be to them in him. Thank you, Father, for the way that they endure suffering. Oh, how some of them have suffered. But they've endured suffering for Christ's sake And thank you, Father, for how they they long to be with Jesus forever in heaven. Thank you for their steadfastness of faith in Jesus Christ. So they didn't just thank God in generalities, but they got down to specifics. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy constantly thanked God for the faith and the love and the hope of the Thessalonian believers. Now, Grace Church, we want to do that here as well. And I want to encourage you in your own individual prayer times this week to take some time and thank God for each other's work of faith, 
each other's labor of love, each other's steadfastness of hope. Take time this week to thank God for the faith, the love, and the hope that you've seen in your brothers and sisters around you. Take time to do that. And tonight, we want to especially thank God for the Smith's faith and love and hope. And I want to lead us in doing that right now. This isn't the end of the sermon, but we're going to pray right now. Take a little break here, apply the passage. So let me lead us in prayer, in thanksgiving. Holy Father, oh, tonight we want to thank you for the Smith family. Thank you for Ben, and for Holly, and for Cecilia, and for Rosie. Lord, thank you for Ben and Holly's many, many, many works of faith that we have seen these four years. Their faith in moving here to Abu Dhabi, Lord, thank you for that faith. Their faith in stepping out and leading worship, thank you. Their faith in encouraging us to pursue inductive Bible study, thank you. For leading a home group, Thank you, MBZ Home Group, for working hard in so many ways. Father, thank you for their work of faith. And thank you, Lord, for their labor of love in caring for so many of us. Opening their home for worship rehearsals week after week after week. Leading men's and women's Bible study groups. Supporting the task force leaders so well. Father, thank you. Spending hours listening, talking, praying with many, many of us. And Lord, just pouring out their lives and their hearts for Grace Church. Thank you for their labor of love. And Lord, I thank you for their steadfastness of hope in Jesus Christ which carried them through hot summers, helped them persevere in leading us here through COVID restrictions, all that that meant, which spoke encouraging, hope-filled words of grace to so many of us, which gave them grace to press through many trials, many inconveniences, many difficulties, and which kept their eyes <laughs> fixed on heaven, on Jesus, as their reward. Oh, Lord, we have seen beautiful work of faith, labor of love, and steadfastness of hope in them. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't that wonderful to do? Praise God. Now, back to the Thessalonians. At this point in writing this letter, I think Paul is anticipating a question from his readers. Because he's just talked about how he's thanking God for the Thessalonians' work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope. And I think he anticipates this question. Why thank God for what believers do? Why? It was the Thessalonian believers who had the 
work of faith, labor of love, and steadfastness of hope. They did it. It was the Thessalonian believers who did that. Why thank God for what the Thessalonian believers did? Why not just thank the Thessalonian believers? Do you feel the weight of that question? The answer is in verse 4. That's why Paul writes verse 4 is to answer that question. Verse 4, Paul says, For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you. Notice that word for. Paul's giving the reason for why he thanks God for why he thanks God for them and what they've done. Notice those words loved and chosen. Paul is saying that the reason the Thessalonian believers do what they do, the reason they do what they do, is because God in his love chose them for salvation. Because God chose to save them. That's why they did what they did. It wasn't just that the believers had faith, hope, and love. They did. But it's that God gave them that faith and that hope and that love. In his great mercy in Christ, God changed their hearts, gave them faith, hope, and love. See, no one is born, no one naturally has faith in Jesus Christ, love for his people, and hope of being with Jesus forever in heaven. Nobody has that naturally. By nature, by our choice, we are all sinners. All of us, every one of us in this room has been, by nature and choice, sinners. Deserving only of judgment from God forever. But God, in great love, chose to save a vast multitude no one can count. He sent Jesus at great cost to himself. He sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay for sins and to purchase salvation, which includes the gift of faith. And that's what happens when God saves people. See, for many of you in this room, your heart used to be a heart of stone, used to be rebellious against God, hard towards God. But now you have faith in Christ. Now you love God's people. Now you have the hope of heaven. How did that happen? Where did you get that faith and that love and that hope? The answer is from God. That's where you got it. In great mercy, just like he did with the Thessalonian believers, he loved, he set his love upon you, and he chose to save you at great cost to himself, at great cost to his son, sending Jesus to die on the cross, to be punished for our sins, and to purchase new hearts for us, to purchase faith for us, love for us, and hope for us. And when we put our trust in Christ, when we were first saved, God put that faith there. That's why we chose to trust Christ. God caused us to, to choose to trust him. And the moment we did that, we were completely forgiven for all of our sins and reconciled to God. And we also received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we experienced, we received growing faith and love for brothers and sisters and, and the hope of heaven. God gave those to us. God gave those to the Thessalonian believers. And that's why Paul thanked God for the Thessalonians, for what the Thessalonians did. It's because God in his love had chosen to save them and to 
Give them faith. Give them love. Give them hope. That's why Paul thanked God for the Thessalonians did, because God had given it to them. This is such an important point. I want to make sure we get this. So I've got two volunteers I've asked to come up. Come on up, Jude and David. Little skit here. Come on up. This is going to be really helpful. I, I pray. <laughs> I hope. So Jude, why don't you stand right there? And David, why don't you stand right here? Okay. Aren't these guys great to come up and do this? Now, so God's up there in heaven, and here's David, and here's Jude. So let's say one afternoon Jude is driving around Abu Dhabi, one of these hot, just dripping, humid Abu Dhabi afternoons, and his car stops, pulls over, there he's at the side of the road, car stopped. Now he knows David's a car guy, and just pretend, okay? He knows David's a car guy, and so he, he calls up David, David, man, my car stopped, you should come and help me. And David says, absolutely. Where are you? I'll be right there. And David gets in his car, heads on over. They lift the trunk up. They're tinkering. They're they get the car running again. Okay, thank you, thank you. And they all head back. Okay, now understand, David has done that. David went. He got in his car on a hot day, dripping humid, heads over there, gets, sticks his head under the hood. It's even hotter there with the hot engine. Gets the car running again. David did that. And so it's right, of course, that Jude would thank David. But why would Jude thank God for what David did? David did it, right? And I want you to see this. The reason is because God, how many years ago were you saved? 22 years ago, God, through what Jesus did on the cross, brought the power of the Holy Spirit, and changed this man's heart. See, David's heart was just as sinful as all of our hearts were, right? His heart was hard towards God, rebellious towards God, no faith in Christ, no love for God's people, no interest in heaven whatsoever, just like all of us were. And God, in great mercy, through what Jesus Christ did on the cross, purchased a new heart for David. He took out that heart of stone, gave him a heart of flesh, which was faith and love, and hope in heaven. And so when Jude calls up David, his heart just goes, yes. That's why it's right for Jude to thank God for what David did, as well as to thank David for what he did. See, it's not just that God, well, of course, God sent David over. That's why you thank him. Yes, of course, God did send David over, but it's much more than that. David's love for Jude did not come ultimately and most importantly from David. It came from God. God gave it. That's the only reason any of us have love in our hearts. That's the only reason any of us have faith in Jesus Christ. God, at great cost to himself, did this. So we say, thank you, David, and we say, thank you, God. See how this works? Let's thank our, our actors for this. Thanks, man. Go ahead. So important that we see this. We want to be a church that's thanking each other. Yes, that's right to do. But oh, we want to grow in thanking God for the works of faith, the labor of love, and the steadfastness of hope that we see in each other because the reason that's there, because of God. God's doing that. He gets all the glory. We get the joy, get the love, get the encouragement. He gets the glory because these are all blood-bought gifts from him. Thank you, Jesus for this brother's love. 
Thank you, Father, for the sisters' faith. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful brothers and sisters we have around us. That's how it works. And that's why we thank God for Ben and Holly's faith and love and hope. It's because God, at great cost to himself, at great cost to his son, bought it for them and gave it to them and sustains it in them. That's why. That's what Paul's saying in verse 4. Let's read it again. The reason Paul thanks God for what the Thessalonians do is verse 4. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you. That's why we thank God for what you did. This raises a third question. How does Paul know God has chosen them? How does Paul know that? How do we know God has chosen us? How do we know that? Look at what Paul says in verse 5. It's because our gospel came to you, not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Paul remembers what happened in Thessalonica when he went into the synagogue those Saturdays and taught about Jesus from the Old Testament. He remembers how many of those who were listening did not receive his message just as words, but there was power there. There was the work of the Holy Spirit in that room touching, changing people's hearts. They received full conviction. This is true. That's how they knew. Maybe, maybe somebody sitting over here just started to weep as Paul was describing. Maybe from Isaiah 53 about Jesus' sufferings on the cross. And this person's just weeping as the power of the gospel is softening their hearts and giving them love for Christ and faith in Christ. God's chosen to save that person. Maybe someone else's face was just shining, just shining as by the work of the Holy Spirit, they felt their guilt, the guilt for all their sin, just wash away and felt God's forgiving, accepting, delighting love just pouring out upon them. You can see why their face would just be beaming at that point with that work of the Holy Spirit, washing them and filling them with God's love. Maybe somebody else was just overflowing with joy as, as by the power of God, they were filled with full conviction of Jesus' glory. They saw Jesus' glory. They understood. They felt Jesus' glory. You, Jesus, are my Savior. You are my Lord. You are my all-satisfying treasure. I want you forever. You are my prize. And they're just overflowing with joy as a result. That's how Paul knew that people were chosen by God. It's because he saw God's power and God's Holy Spirit giving full conviction as a result of his preaching. And that's how we know that God has loved and chosen Ben and Holly as well. We've seen and we have felt God's power and Holy Spirit and full conviction on them. Haven't we felt God's power as Ben has led us in worship? And as we've heard Ben preach God's word. 
Haven't we felt God's power, seen the Holy Spirit working in and through Holly as she's up here worshiping the Lord, as she's praying, as she's reading scriptures? See, we've seen God's power, the work of the Holy Spirit in them. We all know God has saved them. He'd set his love upon them. He has chosen them. He has saved them. So we've seen Ben and Holly in them. We've seen in them what can only come from God's merciful, gracious, saving work through Christ. And so we know that their works of faith and their labors of love and their steadfastness of hope is from God. God gave it to them by saving them. And that's why we thank God for them, which is what we're doing tonight. Now we're going to thank them also. We're going to thank them afterwards. Although Ben's going to be here for a few more weeks, so you can thank him. Got two more weeks to thank him, but Holly and the girls are leaving. We're going to thank them as well because it's been their faith. So we want to thank them. It's been their love. It's been their choice to set their hope steadfastly upon Christ. God gave them that choice, caused that choice, but they chose. They loved. They had faith. They had hope. So we want to thank them as well. We thank them and we thank God. That's how it works in the body of Christ. And we especially want to lift up God and his mercy through Jesus Christ. Ben and Holly are displays to us of God's glorious mercy in sending Jesus to save us from our sins. He has saved them. He has poured his spirit out upon them. He has blessed them. And we've all been blessed in the process.